You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 93 of the podcast. Cody, Melbourne, and Abrams in person for this one, guys. Feels great. We never get to do this because obviously we live in different places. Uh, What a great weekend we had in Toledo for the 2021 Pepsi Cup. And what a wild weekend it was in the National Hockey League with the entry draft, some big deals and signings that went down. We'll talk about all that stuff. But first of all, how are you guys doing? I'm speaking for myself here, but I think I can speak for all three of us when I say I am sore. (laughs) That was a fantastic weekend. So much fun. So great to see so many of those guys that, you know, you don't see too often. Get to play some ball hockey, some spike ball, hit up the pool. It was just a great time all around. But man, I'm sore in places. I I couldn't even think I would be sore. Like my ribs are sore. My feet are sore. My back's sore. My butt is sore. Like my my tailbone. It's like everything is sore. It was just that you know, athletic weekend for a bunch of guys who are maybe getting a little older than we uh, used to be when we first started this tournament when <laughs> That's we were for uh, sure. 15 yeah. or whatever. That's for sure. Dude, sore is an understatement. The amount of dad noises that were coming out of my body oh. from all holes in my body on the Sunday, the day after the tournament and the Monday, it sounded like a riding lawnmower convention for old guys. Like that's how many dad noises were coming out of my body. Yeah, we, it was we crazy. say we're in person right now. We actually all bought massage chairs and we're, we're, <laughs> we're laid back and uh, it's vibrating right now. It's great. Yeah, we broke into the mall in Brockville. Yeah, a the bunch of lazy chair. boys <laughs> put a quarter in it. <laughs> But uh, it, it really was a great weekend. Again, congrats to uh, Adam James, his team, the No Name Nailers, on winning the 2021 Pepsi Cup. And you know what was also great about it, guys? Like, not only was the hockey great, but like everyone stick, stuck around after, had a few beers, no drinking and driving, of course, and everyone just stuck around shooting the shit, just kind of digesting the day and everything like that was, that was awesome. Yeah. It was really great. You know, sometimes it can get heated out there. I feel, but uh, well, uh, it, I feel it can. We, we know yeah. it can. Oh yeah. But this year it kind of seemed good all around and uh, everyone was happy after we were all kind of to ready to move on with the day and uh, get into some other fun activities. And uh, I think a lot of the boys went down to Chuck's or wherever and uh, yeah, you know, strapped one on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, dude, dude, like, guys, that was amazing. Such a good weekend. And the tournament was great. We got so many good shots. Luke uh, Sheridan, shout out to him, man. He was there putting in the absolute work all yeah. day long at the tournament. Like, he had his drone out there. We had the gimbal stabilizer going. We got some really good uh, both audio and video shots of the Pepsi Cup. And uh, we're going to put together a really good video for, for you guys on YouTube. And it's going to be fantastic. So we are uh, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of work editing and stuff, but it's a little passion project of mind that i've sort of taken on and i'm looking forward to to doing that so all in all great tournament and i look forward to uh sort of reliving it over the next week or two as i edit uh this video up yeah i know personally it was my first time seeing 
one of those drones in action, like up in the air, getting footage and everything. And to see the overhead view of the rink behind the Legion in Toledo was pretty cool. So yes, looking forward to getting that out to, to all of our wonderful listeners. So again, uh, congrats to the no name nailers on the Pepsi cup championship. And thanks to all the boys for, uh, for coming out. It was a great weekend again this year, and we look forward to next year. Guys, a wild weekend in the National Hockey League with the uh, NHL entry draft. Some big-time deals and signings went down. And uh, we're just going to kind of free-for-all this and just some surprises and just kind of talk about it all. Let's start with that Canucks and Coyotes blockbuster deal that went down. So, we see what's happening in Arizona, right, guys? Like, Billy Armstrong... The first year GM with the Coyotes is uh, basically saying, hey, uh, give us a call. We'll take on your bad contracts, but give us some draft picks along with them. And that's what he's doing. And so, Case, we'll go to you to start. Break down this blockbuster deal for us between the Canucks and the Coyotes. We knew that Oliver ekman Larson could very well end up a Vancouver Canuck, but we didn't really see a lot of the other pieces in this deal coming. Yeah, so this trade blew my mind when I saw it come in in pieces on my phone. You know, like you said, the, the Coyotes are certainly tearing it down. They look like they're ready for a rebuild. They've uh, they've lost some picks in the past due to some cheating, some some players having a little bit of misconduct, and there's been a lot going on there. So they really are tearing it down and taking on those contracts. And uh, heading into the draft, you kind of heard that all of these players were going to be on the move. You just thought there was going to be multiple trades for Vancouver <laughs> or multiple <laughs> trades for Arizona. Not all of these guys in one <laughs> huge deal. Like at first, when it first came in, you, you hear from an insider, it's, Ekman Larson and Garland are going to Vancouver for uh, some picks. And then Louis Erickson's name gets thrown in there. And then Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, all these contracts that Vancouver were trying to get rid of. So good on them for getting rid of those crappy pieces and, and pulling in some players that can still play. Um, Jay Beagle and, and Roussel can still play. Louis Erickson, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little Ugh. you know off target there yeah uh, but then getting some picks back as well it's it, it was a really crazy trade but um yeah lots of cap movement and yeah. the weird part is you knew that vancouver wanted to get rid of this cap but then they bring in oliver ekman larson's huge mm-hmm. contract that's a big ticket man we should know arizona retains 12 percent of why? that 8.25 <laughs> why 12 like we were saying casey I and i were talking about this before we jumped on like what does 12% really do? It saves them less than a million dollars a year on the yeah, contract. It's and it's not much. Why not, if you're Vancouver, flip Arizona something else, whether it's you know a B or a C prospect or a second or third round pick, something extra. Who knows what the cost is, but flip them something yeah. and get 50% retained. I mean, Arizona's not gonna wanna do that, but if you if you sweeten it enough and you get a player, you know, OEL for you know four million or whatever that's going to look a hell of a lot better and it's going to free up a lot more space on your team after having given out you know Roussel Beagle and Erickson in that deal see for me I think it's even weirder for Arizona that they're doing this 12 percent because you can only retain three uh or three 
three contracts at a time. So they've just locked themselves in for a long time, retaining 12%. That's not a big number. Like that that blew my mind. So they're going to have a little trouble down the road, I think with that. But I mean, who knows? Um, Maybe one of these first round or the, uh, the picks are going to turn out big, but yeah. Wild trade. Well, we know one of them is going to turn out big, I think for Arizona and that's Dylan Gunther, who they selected ninth overall um, part of the return coming back from, the Vancouver Canucks and uh that's a good pick for Arizona right really guys like pure goal scorer like you know predicted to go in the top 10 and they they get uh they get Gunther so I, I think it's a great pick for Arizona yeah he was kind of mentioned as being the the best pure goal scorer in the draft and uh you know that's a little another point that I wanted to touch on and just kind of this uh shooting the shit episode is um was McTavish going at number three because yeah. personally yeah. when I was watching the draft and, and number three came around I thought you know there's several names that came to my head there's William uh, Eklund there's Dylan Gunther there's uh, Brant Clark and and multiple other guys but then Mason McTavish a guy that you know I had at six but I didn't think he'd go at three he's been climbing his way up the the scouting reports and the scouting list Bob McKenney's my, Jeez, Bob McKenzie's list, uh, you know, Corey Pronman, same as Craig Button. All these guys are slowly moving him up, moving him up, moving him up. And then boom, he went at three. That was crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah Dylan Gunther is going to be a great player for Arizona, but I, I certainly thought he was going to be in that three spot or, or someone else. Yeah, I thought he was going to go higher too. But just just getting back to the trade here while we're still on the, the Canucks and the Yotes, like I think Garland is the centerpiece of the deal. Like I know, I know OEL is the guy who has term. He's the defenseman who's been, you know, rumored to, you know, wanting to be moved for a long time now. And he finally is. Yeah. Needs a fresh start. Rumors he was going to the Bruins and whatnot and and whatever. But Mm -hmm. But now he's with the Canucks and he was the big name. But Garland, man, like that's a sneaky player and he's an RFA and they still have to give him a contract. They have two RFAs, big ones that they have to sign already. Now add Garland to the mix. So Vancouver's offseason is not done and it's not even close to being done. They've got a lot of work ahead of them and we'll see how this team shakes up and, and you know, come game one of the, the season. But they still got some work to do, I'll say. And yeah. if we're talking about some RFAs on this team, well, look no further than Quinn Hughes and his counterpart on D, Kale McCarr, just signed a big ass ticket. So you yep. know Quinn Hughes is pointing the, to that and saying, "I'm worth pretty much that." No, mm. like that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that comparison that always goes on, and uh, yeah, you know, I think the McCarr one makes so much sense, and and it's going to make sense for Quinn Hughes when you look at Miro Heiskanen and what he signed for. You know, that's it was, another one. It was yeah. a high eight number, and I mean, if I'm McCarr, I'm going well. I think I'm just a little bit better than him so give me a couple hundred thousand more than that and i'll walk or like i'll I'll take this contract home so if you're hughes you probably fit somewhere in the middle right between mccarr's what 9.5 and heiskanen's 8.99 on the dollar and then four five for heiskanen so hughes is probably somewhere in the middle there yeah right so yeah for sure um uh, Case, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Makar there, and that we can sort of transition into this now. 
We'll talk about another big name defenseman who was dealt over the weekend, and that's Seth Jones. And he's going to be making $500,000 more per season compared to McCarr. So $9.5 million a year times eight years for Jones with the Chicago Blackhawks. He joins his brother Caleb. Um, you know, this wasn't a guarantee, but after the Blackhawks picked up Caleb Jones in the Duncan Keith trade from Edmonton, we could kind of all see where this was going. And, uh, but man, like, this is a whopper of a contract one after a whopper of a deal. And Columbus gets, I think, fantastic return in this for Seth Jones. So let's talk about it. Well, first, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about the contract, I think it's a lot for Seth Jones. And I think that one of the few guys in the league that are going to give Seth Jones this deal. It's Stan Bowman, because I don't think he's looking very much at analytics. And <laughs> Seth Jones is yeah. not an analytics yeah. darling. Nope. He is uh, he's one of the most polarizing players in the league that people like to talk about because he's, you know, the analytics guys hate him and the eye test guys absolutely love him. Yeah. And he's just, you know. There's all, a generational divide, it, too. It really is. And, you know, you, you watch him play against the Leafs in that one playoff uh, series where he's playing over 25 minutes a game or 26 minutes a game and just kind of um, controlling the play. He was really the best player in that whole series. Him and Marinsky were great. So, you know, I, th I think it's still up for debate on how good Seth Jones is. You know, he's had the the Norris Trophy talks before. He's also had the do doesn't even deserve three million talks. <laughs> like that's actually what the analytics yeah. on that uh, that one website. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> they know. have him as three million dollars as value. So that's crazy. Oh my! But guys, when you look at what went back to Columbus, Adam Bulkfist is one of those guys on the top of my mind who, in a year or two, can be in the same conversation as the Heiskanens and the Hughes and the. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as Makar, but. Adam Bulkfist is a skilled player, very skilled player, drafted in the first round, right-handed defenseman, drafted high in the first round. Yeah, He blew it up in the OHL. He's done well in Chicago with limited minutes. And uh, I, I think he has a very high ceiling and, and could one day be as good as Seth Jones. A little undersized compared to Jones, but I think he's going to be a, a top-pairing defenseman one day. So to give him up, as well as flop a first, throw another first, and a second, I think that is a lot to be yeah. given up here. Yeah. If if I were the Blackhawks, personally, I don't think I would want to give up more than Boquist and maybe a first because Jones is is better than Boquist now by a lot. And like even the analytics community will tell you that like Jones isn't a bad player. He just kind of looks bad on paper. But like he's still he's still good, man. Like there's no like you can't tell me that even if you're, you're into the analytics, like you can't tell me that you think this player is bad. Oh, no, no. He's just not as good as, you know, hockey guys tend to say he is because he plays with, you know, grit and can hit you and shut you down defensively and stuff. But yeah, you're right, man. Like Bolquist going the other way, plus a first and a second and then flopping those firsts. Like that's a lot of, of trade value there and i think it's skewed a bit like if i'm the mm -hmm. blackhawks like you know you're gonna overpay for this deal because everyone knew that they wanted the player especially after they got his brother mm -hmm. so they i think everyone knew that they were gonna overpay but maybe like 
overpay a bit less <laughs> or just don't yeah. get it done you know yeah but, also don't the blackhawks have a history of long contracts coming to bite them later on well, they just see a lot of that happen well you know what maybe in a few years they can trade uh seth jones just like they did duncan keith and actually get a return for a 37 year old defenseman like Jeez. that's that's insane that they got returned for him at all to you, be honest you know what uh, a good weekend, I think, overall for Yarmo Kekalainen and, and the and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um, you know, they're it, it's been tough there, man. I it, like they have lost a lot of guys, and really, you look at that team now, and Rowenski is kind of the big guy who's left. You know, everyone else is left, and uh, so they've obviously been through a lot this last little bit with the the tragic death of the goaltending prospect there, Matisse uh, Kivlenix. But uh, I, uh, I thought they won the first round. They, they win the first round of the draft Friday night for me with those three first round picks, Kent Johnson, Kent Johnson for starters who yeah. they, who went a little earlier than expected. I was looking at that ninth pick Arizona wanted him too. Um, and then they take Cole Sillinger. His dad played in the league. His dad, Mike, played for Columbus and then they took uh Corson Coolman's too and it was kind of between him and Carson Lambos which defenseman would go first but they get him kind of late three first round picks and plus the the whopper of uh, of a, a deal for for Jones I think it was a good weekend for the Blue Jackets. Then the, the trade is one for one. Jacob Voracek for uh, Cam Atkinson. Two yeah. guys that needed a you know a change of scenery and yeah. talk about all the time and uh, yeah. um yeah, that's a that's a big deal, and I think that's one that we're, we're not going to know who won that trade for maybe a year or two from now. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about Kent Johnson quickly. You, you know, now that you start thinking about it, I'm not too surprised you went that high because mm-hmm. you have to think about last year the availability for scouting. There wasn't a lot of chances to see a lot of guys with COVID, and when you look at that Michigan team. He played for Michigan, right? I'm not talking out my butt right here. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. So, okay. yep. When, you know, you, you look at that Michigan team, you look at Kent Johnson. Well, a lot of guys were scouting him because they were watching Owen Powers. They were watching Matty Beneers. Or, you know, there's a lot of guys to watch there. So, of course, Kent Johnson had a lot of eyes on him. And when you scout a guy a lot, you begin to like him. So, going that high wasn't, wasn't a big shocker for me in the end. But that's a good pick. I like it. Absolutely. Well, we talked about it in our draft episode, probably and arguably, I guess you can say the most skilled player in the top 10, like the best hands, I guess yeah. we can say. Great skater, fast at the top end, but his his number one ability is his hands and his creativity in tight. And you watch so many highlights of this guy and that's what he does. He just dangles around guys. He has a wicked backhander. I've seen him score three or four highlight real goals dangling a guy and then put it to the backhand and score so this is a guy like i i really like the pick i think in the draft you know the the rule of thumb is take the best player available well in that top 10 nobody really knew who it was so when you don't know exactly who the bpa is defer to skill and skill alone and and he has a shit ton of it so i think that's a really good pick for kekalainen and then the atkinson thing like just circling back to that case like the atkinson for uh voracek interesting like mm-hmm. I, I don't know personally like maybe atkinson is the better player right now but who knows like both players aren't as good as they were so we'll see 
you know, how they fare in the next couple of years. But like you said, Case, like it's just a change of scenery. So that totally makes sense. That's all the trade is. Guys need a, a, you know, a swap. Yeah. And the Flyers have swapped their whole core pretty well <laughs> recently. So. Yeah. Um, quickly, because I want to get to the Flyers yeah. and you know why. Um, but Columbus adding Jake Bean too. You yeah. know, another good young defenseman. Uh, from uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes, they give up a second round pick for him, and and I think uh, a young guy who just needs uh, needs a better opportunity, needs more minutes, and he's certainly going to get that in Columbus. But I want to go to Philly because they make the big deal with Buffalo, obviously before the start of round one on Friday night. So uh, longtime Saber Rasmus Ristolainen, former first round pick, going to the Flyers. It's Robert Hag. A first from Friday night, which turned into Isaac Rosen, the goal-scoring Swedish winger, and a second rounder in 2023, all going back to the Buffalo Sabres. I couldn't believe this haul in return <laughs> well, I don't for know if Rasmus Ristolainen. If Harp wants us to mention this or not, but when he showed up on uh, Friday, we said, well, are you happy with the big trade? He says, what big trade? Said, the the Ristolainen trade. <laughs> had no idea. He was like, what? I had no clue. He says, yeah. where, where did he go? Oh, Philadelphia. No, you're, you're pulling my leg. Well, and, and it's so funny. I think I mentioned this to you guys before you guys were giving me the gears about all that, but I was talking to Adam James in your pool, Melbs, and, and uh, we were talking about Shea Weber and how unfortunate that whole situation is in Montreal. and. And uh, he's like, yeah, we, we got to get a defenseman. And I'm like, well, I've heard they're interested in Aristolainen. And then I hear it from you guys that the deal has gone down with Philly and I missed it. That was pretty funny. But you guys know how excited I was about the return and and uh, just couldn't believe it. But you look at this Flyers back end now, it's a top four consisting of Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Ryan Ellis, and Rasmus Ristolainen. How about that? Yeah. And then they just re-signed Sam Morin as well. I mean, not as notable of a name, but a big-ass guy who can step in, yeah. play top six minutes. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. But the Ellis one is huge. Yes. The, what was... I forget that that trade even happened. Like, what was the return yeah. for Ellis? Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. And, oh, it was the three-way three deal. Way. That's yeah. why. But mm. in Philly terms it's it's Nolan Patrick yeah it. yeah so yeah. and and Philly wow. did give up Philip Myers in that deal who oh, was, who was okay, a very good young defenseman so Myers went to Nashville and then uh Nashville and uh Vegas but they had a group prospects. of young uh, young defensemen in Philadelphia and yeah and Myers was the on the outside looking in so yeah. I think it was it was an easy trade for them to make to bring in Ellis. Yeah. Uh, going back to Ristolainen in here quick, mm-hmm. I know that the Devils were in the conversation for him for so long. Right. And I personally didn't want him at all just because <laughs> of uh, his impact in the play. And I, I personally don't really like his, his play. <laughs> and to see the return that they got for him, thank God the Devils weren't involved wow. any further because I don't want to give up that much for Ristolainen. And like, that's a good haul for Buffalo. The thing about Risto is that he's really talented. Like you watch him and he, he's, he's actually really talented yep. and he stands out on the ice because he's big, he hits, 
and he can rush the puck end to end and score. Now his production hasn't been great the last couple of years compared to years past. He had that one really good year, what, two, three years ago. I forget how many points he had, but up until sorry to stop you. No, up, that's okay. up until these last couple of years, he's been a consistent 40 point defenseman in the league. Yes. And so that's but that's what he is, right? He is terrible in his own zone and people will tell you that i test people will tell you that analytics people will say the same thing uh who was it at the pepsi cup told me that he won the masters a few years ago because he had the worst plus minus in the league i've never heard that expression won the masters for (laughs) worst plus minus that's good but he did have that but he also led the league in hits a couple years ago too so he's yeah he's kind of this weird again another polarizing player who's sort of all over the map but if you need an offensive of defensemen and that's what he's going to do for you and you need someone to, to throw some hits and stuff then sure grab mm-hmm. him i can't believe the return though just that's make him one crazy. of the largest dwingers in the league <laughs> just throw him up on forward yeah and, uh, let him crash and bang and score and keep him away from your own zone i guess well he, he's like a player like he can get you points and shit right he's like a tyson barry almost but barry does it a bit better especially in edmonton you know Barry led NHL defensemen in points this year? Tyson Barry led all NHL defensemen in points. Yeah, he had a good year. Isn't that great? Like, and he's gonna sign. I don't know what he's gonna make, but he's he'll probably sign for like four million bucks or something. It's the most Toronto thing like, I've ever, ever heard in my life. He led yeah. the NHL in, <laughs> among defensemen in points. So like <sighs> It's just a weird couple weird players there, and Ristolainen fits into that category. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Yes, he is not uh, favored in the analytics community. That's for sure. You're right. He had the worst plus minus in the league a couple of years ago. I think he was a minus 41 or something like that. <laughs> but just a guy like who needs a fresh start, I think, a change of scenery. Uh, but man, like this guy hammers people he's a great big Finnish defenseman and he gives you an honest effort every night and so I think Philly was looking for like character guys been hearing that a lot character guys in Philly and uh, they certainly get a pair of them on the back end in particular with Risto and of course before that Ryan Ellis well they're looking for character guys and they were looking for anyone else's guys like they wanted to tear down this team and (laughs) not come back with the same team because it wasn't working out like they said and and they're doing it so it's great yeah Um, Ristolainen though big guy one thing I think of every time I think of him though is that goal of the year scored by Matt Barzell where 185 pound Matt Barzell shrugs off 240 pound (laughs) Ristolainen and scores that goal between his legs it's like yeah wow Barzell yeah. is a beast, though. He might, he's small but mighty. For so sure. Say that. It's legit, though. Like, he's got, he is a beast. Oh, yeah. But last thing for me, at least on Ristolainen, every time I look at him, I think to myself, he looks like an 80s movie villain. Like, he's going to be up against Bruce Willis, like on a snow hill or something. <laughs> like, doesn't he just look like a, a villain? Yeah. That's, that's the first yeah. thing I a think. A little diehard action. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He, he, looks, he looks tough. Like, the hair is straight <laughs> yeah. up. He's got the goatee. It's all blonde. The serious look on his face. And yeah, I, he's. I thought uh, he fought in Rocky Three, but uh, I guess yeah. I'm confusing someone else. Stunt double, I think he was. Want to stick with the Sabres here for a second? Um, 
this wasn't Kevin Adams' only deal from uh, draft uh, weekend. Uh, Sam Reinhart goes to the Florida Panthers, so stays in the Atlantic Division. Uh, he goes to the Panthers, and it's Devin Levi, former Carlton Place Canadian in the CCHL, who had just an outstanding performance and goal for Team Canada at last year's World Juniors, and a 2022 first-round pick going to uh, the Buffalo Sabres along with Levi. So looking at this deal, I mean, it's less of a return than what they got for Ristolainen. But I mean, this this must mean that, um, A, the first round pick was really important to the Sabres, which Adams has mentioned, and B, they must be super high on Devin Levi. So uh, what were your thoughts on on this deal for, for Sam Reinhardt, who well, also heads out the door? For me personally, the Ristolainen trade makes up for this one because yeah. I think this is lacking in return. Um, you trade a, a good goal scorer, like a potential 40 goal scorer and, and Sam Reinhardt on the right team for a first round pick and a good, not great goalie prospect that, you know, sure he had a great outing in, in the world juniors, but I think his future is still very much in question on, yeah. on yeah. where he's going to end up. So the, there's and a, I'm with you. He's not a sure thing. Yet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like you said, it was junior A just a couple of years ago, but I mean, we we were talking about goalies before this and how they're just absolute wild cards. Magic you can be Chris Trieger and be playing in the ECHL a couple of years ago, <laughs> or Scott Darling playing in the NAHL for a couple of years before you end up being an NHL stud for two seasons and then you're uh, retiring. Yeah. So there, there's a lot can, that that can happen there. But personally, I wanted a little more return uh, for Sam Reinhart, and this is the one where I wish the Devils were involved because <laughs> yeah. I, I would give you uh, Akira Schmidt and a first round pick for sam reinhardt no problem uh what does reinhardt make against the cap harp right he now? is an rfa oh. so he's up so florida will need to sit down and work out an extension with him by the way sam bennett four I times 4.4 uh for him to stay in uh in florida uh, so like yeah <laughs> they need to work out a deal reinhardt was on a one-year deal uh at 5.2 million this past season yeah. so they'll need to sit down with him and work out an extension he I wasn't guess, he wasn't re-signing in buffalo there's no question no so that's good on adams to get something back a return like this that i guess explains why the return is a bit lower I know he's an RFA, mm -hmm. so you do control his rights. So he is almost as valuable as a player who signed. But yeah, you would have liked to have seen Adams get more back in this trade. Well, what's this pick? Like 26th overall? Well, depends, right? Like, Florida's good, but man. It's going to be a low. I'm saying if you'd have yeah. to take a, a shot. Florida, you know, it's, it's going to be yeah. between 25 to 28, if you ask me. Yeah. They're going to be up there. Oh, for sure. At least yeah. in the 20s, for sure. Yes, positively. There's 32 teams now. Yeah, that's one more than <laughs> last year. <laughs> and and where they finished this year? Yeah, they were like what sixth or something in the league. Like I could definitely see them being good, but the difference is for the Panthers this season they're going to have to play in arguably the most top heavy and one of the toughest divisions in hockey next year, the Atlantic. So that's it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, they're going to beat up on a Sam Reinhardt and Ristolainen and less Sabers too. Uh, yeah, and uh, Michaelis as well. But I'll say yeah. this about the Panthers, man: I do think they're going to be really good. Like well, Sam Reinhardt could probably score like 
75, 80 points next year, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't bat an eye. If yeah, he plays top Jonathan line minutes, like, like, Jonathan Huberto has like 90 assists every year. Yeah. You you look at that, not just the top six, that top nine now in yeah. Florida is like, they're deep. I will at the say, though, position. they have some bad cap. Obviously, Bobrovsky is the bad cap that yes. stands out because they have Knight now who looks like he can be an NHL starter as early as next year. Like, he looked really good oh, last he, season. Oh, he looks like a franchise goaltender. Exactly. But don't get carried away because we thought Bob was too, right? So you never know. But yeah. And then the Sam Reinhardt, uh, not Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett deal, that kind of scares me a bit. That is some heavy, heavy recency bias because in Calgary, he was a fourth-line player. I'm sorry. He had, a, he had a really great season after getting traded in Florida, but I don't know, man, four times, what, 4.4? Is that what it was? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. That's a lot of money for that player. I don't know. That just scares me personally. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that kind of brings a bell of Jay Beagle, who we talked about earlier yeah. here, who had a great season with Washington, got a pretty big ticket to be a fourth liner in Vancouver. Yeah. But Florida's going to be good, like we said. Like So, you know. We'll see. Florida could be... uh, Florida could finish second in in that Atlantic division next year, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I I really wouldn't. Yeah. It really depends what the Bruins continue to do, especially on their back end. Mm -hmm. It depends what the Leafs do up front. Yeah, if the Bruins keep paying players pennies on the dollar, then... Yes. Yeah. Fucking that Taylor Hall deal, man. Four years, six million per. Yeah. Um well Jake McKenzie's a he's a buddy of ours. He's a Boston fan, but he lives in right. Toronto. So he's always keeping up with Toronto just because how can you not? He has to. And I, he he gets so frustrated at how top heavy their salary is in Toronto. And I sent him that that Instagram post of um oh, Bergeron, yeah. Marchand, Pasternak, and Hall equal twenty-three million or 24 million Marner and Matthews together is 23. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, cool. yeah, just the two of them. Oh, I, I saw know that. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Bruins, your thoughts on them taking your boy Fabian Lysel in, in round one could be a steal. Like, I feel like I did this to myself by, <laughs> by talking up this guy so much because everything about Lysel has just been directed at me and I kind of like it. I, I love an underdog. But going at 21st overall, man, that's where he went, right? 21st or 20th. No, Wallstedt went 20th. So yeah, he went to Minnesota. 21st yes, that's to right. To the Bruins. Yeah. Great pick, dude. Really great pick. Top mm-hmm. end talent. Like maybe the most dynamic player in the draft. We'll mm-hmm. see how he turns out. Has the ability to take over games. A bit inconsistent, but in the right mm-hmm. you know, development organization, he, he's going to be a great player. And who else but the Bruins? Like. Yep. Of course. So I can't believe I was so high on this guy now that he was drafted by the Bruins. I hate him. I think he's going to be a bust. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's good pick, man. And I'm surprised he dropped that far. And I'm even more surprised that uh, Atu Ratty dropped to like, well, fucking. I just pulled it up to make sure of the number, but yeah. we did a little bet on uh, on where he would go. On Ratty? I, I said 29. I don't remember where you got. I think he said 26. To I think I said yeah. like 18. Yeah. And you said 18. He went 52nd. I know. This guy dude. was projected first overall two years ago. Yeah. Like, 
like Oof. as as early as a year and a half ago he was still yeah. hovering in like the top 10 like yeah so it's that's crazy but this could be a really good pick for the islanders we know that they are a contender they could they could win next year like they final four two years in a row lost the tampa bay in game seven like they can afford to um take a gamble on some guys and hey if this one pays off man then lamorello is gonna look good yet again so, so. The, the leafs picked uh, i think 57th in in the second round so and and so they were only a few picks behind ratty and i didn't watch the second day it's tough to it takes forever it's kind of boring but yeah when i saw the final you know like how the picks played out and everything and i saw the leafs were only six or seven picks behind ratty i was like pretty pissed off because i really thought that he's a dubis player you know like he's a guy who has a ton of skill has a bunch of upside but has just you know been in a scoring slump or had a down couple seasons or whatever i really thought that and i still do like i think that ratty could still be a a top end talent it just sucks that you know he got left off the world junior team and he didn't have a great year and you know he, he got passed on and passed on and dropped down all the way but in a second rounder dude like might as well take a flyer like the kid was ranked first overall for like two years yeah so for sure i was like i really thought the leafs would be a team to, to jump on that if he was still available mm-hmm. well you talked about ratty being a leafs player a dubis player rather yeah. um let's talk about another one who just did just got dropped by Chicago uh, today because he wasn't signed as an RFA. He wasn't oh, yeah. qualified. Oh, yeah. Lee Suter. That's right. Who, who, was, who was our, you know, big pick to, to be a, a good player because we we're doing that NHLE uh, series. And he yeah. blew up the national or the NL, sorry, the year before with 30 goals in 50 games, 53 points. Comes in as a 24, 25-year-old rookie. It's 14 goals and 27 points in 55 games with Chicago slotted in at the first line for a good chunk of this season and they don't qualify him. That's ridiculous. Something is going on there. Either they didn't want to pay him or they thought he was going to get too much in arbitration or something because he's a good player, Mm -hmm. a talented player who can play in their top six, man. But to not even qualify him. That's odd. That's really that one blew my mind today. You know, I I saw a lot of guys not getting qualified or guys getting qualified, just kind of sifting through. Um, You know, it's kind of boring, but then you see Suter on there and Mm -hmm. that that blew my mind. So he's going to be one of the more coveted UFAs now. You know, free agency starts what Wednesday? Is that when it starts? Yes, the 28th. Yeah. And so now he's going to be a free agent. I really hope the Leafs take a flyer on him. Why not? Like, I think he'd be perfect. Like I said, he's a Dubas player, you know, and I guess actually that's what Casey said, but yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. Like, I don't understand. Like something had to have been going on there, right? Like why? Well, and this, this could be part of something bigger. Like Stan Bowman is maybe looking at a, a bigger name that he wants to go after next. I don't know because this kind of reminds me of the Sabers not qualifying Dominic Cahoon last off season and everyone being like, "What?" Because yeah. I think he had four points in six games. He came over small sample size, but yeah. was effective. Didn't qualify him. 
Everyone was up in arms about it. And then they go and they sign Taylor Hall. So that's why I'm saying that this could be a part of something bigger. You never know. But it's surprising. There's no question. I just don't understand, like, because how much could he really go for? Like, I don't even know, first of all, if he has arbitration rights. So I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know. Maybe we could look that up. But yeah. But if he does, what could he really get in arbitration? I don't know. One year? And you're 25 years old? Exactly. Like what? I thought you were about to say 25 million. Two and a half million, (laughs) you think? Like... I, I don't expect very much. To me, this this yeah. reeks of Nadeljkovic, where yeah. he gets traded and then signs two years at $3 million. Oh. Carolina couldn't afford oh, that. God. What a slap in the face, too, because since that trade, Nadeljkovic has come out and said that him, his wife, and his kid were so happy to be able to move to Detroit and to be with that organization. And it was reported that they wanted to sign him three times three and a half and then he goes to to Detroit after the trade and he signs for less than he wanted supposedly in Carolina. So what a slap in the face. Nadelkovich is like, "Listen, I know my value. I want to play. I want to prove that, you know, I I'm a starter in this league and now what the hell is Carolina going to do? They're supposed to be a contender and they've got a tandem of Mrazek and Bernier." If they even re-sign Mrazek? I wonder if they revisit uh, the Freddie Anderson thing. That doesn't even give me a lot of confidence, man. I know. And I'm a Freddie Anderson fan, like a big one. But I, like, I think at this point... It's in, a head-scratcher. At this point in Freddie's career, he needs another guy because he last year he didn't play. Like He, did, he was hurt. Yeah. So what are you, what are you really going to pay him? What are you expecting to pay him? He, and before, also, he's still talking to the Leafs. So. Before we forget right. about it, Suter yeah. would have arbitration because you only need one year of experience when you're 24 or older. Okay. Gotcha. So he okay. would. And in arbitration, you can sign. It's only Wait. for one year, right? Or, or Wait, maybe he would definitely be an RFA, but I don't know if. Well, that's where it gets tricky, man. Under the CBA, like not all RFAs have arb rights. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's it gets tricky. But if if he does regardless i'm not giving him that much if i'm an arbitrator like <laughs> yeah. well, well listen to this though when the leafs acquired cody cc and, and i have an leafs example because obviously that's who i'm closest with when they acquired cody cc he was an rfa and the leafs didn't offer him a deal right away he filed for arbitration and he went he made four and a half million for one year man that's what the arbitrator gave him and look how that turned out so maybe Sheesh. this is sort of they they were scared of that mm-hmm. and they wanted to use the cap space elsewhere but i just don't like how much could you really give this guy like like he's a great player ton of potential there yeah still young had a great rookie season you know he was probably what the fourth or fifth sixth best rookie this season Oh, he was up there for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, free agency starts on the 28th, which is Wednesday. Plenty of bigger names to watch out for. Obviously, there, of course, is the Zach Hyman to Edmonton thing. Uh, We will continue to watch uh, the Gabriel Landeskog situation in Colorado, Dougie Hamilton as well. Uh, We mentioned Connor Garland earlier on. He needs a contract with uh, his new team, the Vancouver Canucks. Sam Reinhart needs a new deal with the Florida Panthers. There are a lot of guys. So uh, also uh, should mention 
uh, guys like Parise and Suter. You know, I'm That's interested right. to see where they're going to land. So, uh, anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's a wild off season that got underway uh, over the the draft weekend. So, guys, any final thoughts? We're getting close to the end here. Uh, well, I really can't wait to be saying Dougie the Devil Hamilton when he signs <laughs> with the Devils on Wednesday and they trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. Tom Fitzgerald said in a press conference that he's got every green light under the sun to bid on players and outbid other teams this offseason because they want the Devils to get back to their historic winning ways. Yeah, they want to speed up this rebuild. I mean, you've got your pieces now, right? You've got a ton of guys. So just let's see. And I'm having a hard time figuring out where they're going to fit P.K. Subban in the lineup when they get Dougie because what that creates is is a Smith-Severson pairing, a Ryan Murray who's allegedly coming back, and, and Dougie Hamilton. You've got Ryan Graves now. And uh, right. they, they signed or they traded for Jonas uh, Siegenthaler last year. So mm-hmm. PK Subin's on the outside looking in all of a sudden. And uh, you trade him and you're 30 million below the cap floor. Well, you have all sorts of space to sign guys like Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. They do have to move that because if you have him and Hamilton, you're probably looking at like 17, 18 million bucks. Subin's not going to be too hard of a, of a <laughs> like a. a a contract to move only one year well yeah you, you could even move them at the deadline you right? can even move them and retain, retain half. half yeah for one year so that's that's not bad four and a half against your cap yeah and you're not i mean the devils aren't expected to be contenders this season they can make some big moves and be better maybe even a playoff team that'd be fun to see yeah there's a there's actually for the first time this year a lot of exciting rumors about them there's there's some connection rumors going on like Timo Meyer coming to the yeah. Devils, the Swiss connection with Nico Heischer. There's been a lot of speculation about that. They've constantly been talked about with uh, Tarasenko, so that's exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going to throw Pui Suter in here as well. Another Swiss-born player could come and there you uh, go. try to score some goals for the Devils. Well, yep. it's, uh, it's exciting. Usually, absolutely, you know, not a lot of excitement going on <laughs> in, uh, in Jersey. Well, so. this this whole offseason so far has been crazy. And like we've said so many times already, there's still a lot of work to be done for a lot of teams. And there's going to be a lot more bodies moving around. And the only downside to this is that, you know, the NHL game is unplayable because the whole the rosters are completely messed up and well and and i mean you can move players around but the draft draft picks picks, like you should be able to move draft picks i just add it to the laundry list of problems with this video game yeah and harp i know you said this five minutes ago you want to wrap up one last thing i wanted to to bring up is how about all of the brothers being oh reunited. yeah five brothers how united. about all of the brothers yep. being united love man. it like that is i know cool. so it's the, awesome the jones brothers the mccarr brothers because the they, doc brothers the doc brothers oh yeah that's right they have yeah brothers and brothers on the same team father and son too the coyotes drafting shane Doan's yeah. kid josh so that is a cool story as there well there were some other ones Hughes. too uh, oh my the gosh. biggest one yeah the, the biggest brothers. one my bad and by the way like we said that from the very start that that was going to happen oh, so cool that absolutely it did. the last one is uh flurry by the way the flurry brothers yeah that's, that's right. right in seattle yes yeah so a lot of brothers yep yeah fathers and sons too and uh Two brothers <laughs> did you see that the devils posted that 
No, did they? Yeah, the Devils Actually? took the Rick and Morty clip with two brothers, and then <laughs> it goes two brothers, and it cuts to the, like the celebration of. <laughs> that, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That that was a heck of a celebration. Yeah. Uh, also, great celebration at the Power Household in, in Mississauga for him getting picked first overall by the Sabres. So yeah, that was pretty right. I can't believe he got everyone in that room to fake cheering to go to Buffalo. jeez. Oh, <laughs> I think... Uh, what was that meme going around that you Owen, guys were bugging me about? Owen 82. On the weekend? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's going to use his first name instead of his last name and then Wear number what 82. the Sabres Wear record is going to be. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, quickly, and then uh, we'll wrap God. up. Just a quick yes or no. Do we see a Jack Eichel trade this week? Yes or no? Case? Yes. Chad? I'm going to say no because I've still heard there's like six teams involved. That well, are here's the thing, man. Jack Eichel wanted that out of there in the first place. Now Risto's gone. Yeah, Sam oh, Reinhardt's yeah. gone. He's it's gone like, this offseason for sure. Can't, yeah. I just don't it's know It's going to take some week. time. I yeah. think the Rangers are out. I think they're out. Because uh, reports wanted, came out that yeah. Buffalo wanted either Lundqvist or Braden Schneider. They wanted both. I heard they wanted both. Oh, both of them? Okay, it was both, yeah. Um, I'd do that. Lundqvist? Nils Lundqvist. Nils Lundqvist, yeah. And and the Rangers said no. They didn't want to do I it. I would so. do that in a heartbeat. Oh, Jack I know. Eichel is very good. Yeah, I hate Stanley Cups. He is. <laughs> but, you know, the, the asking price is astronomical, and as it should be. So, we'll have to see. Astrono- you want to hear astronomical? Zabinajad thinks he's getting $10 million. Did you see that report? I did not see that, but that is the definition of astronomical. He said his comparable, he feels, <laughs> is Jack Eichel, 10 million. Jeez. Anyway, let's end it on that. Yeah, about? sounds good. Okay, free agency starts Wednesday. Again, thanks to all the guys that came out to the Pepsi Cup this past weekend. It was great. Thanks for the con- uh, continued support. This has been episode 93. We'll talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.